space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. We're in Chronodate, Season 3, Episode 41 of the show. Season 3, Episode 41, Jesus. And um, Season 2, Episode 15 of Enterprise. As we go into Ceasefire... And I'm not alone as always. I am joined by. You're joined by Dan. And as ever, we are. Dan! Dan! Yeah, there we go. The jingle's yes. in. All good. How are you, Dan? How are you this week? I'm good, thank you. Not too bad at all. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, uh, as I was just saying before we recorded, bit of a letdown. I applied for a job, didn't get it. Uh, sort of expected, you know, um, didn't really have the. Uh, the uh, continuous experience you know i've been an admin person a uh, way way back in the long 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 distant past uh well i worked for the foreign office uh for a good number of years as an admin officer in various different roles uh, and then obviously about 10 years coming up next year will be 10 years since i left that position and i've been sort of doing odd retail jobs things like that whilst i did sort of childcare and, and was a stay-at-home dad uh, and because of that, I didn't get the job that I wanted, which was a, another admin heavy job, which I knew I could do. And as I was joking with you, uh, the spreadsheet just for this show, I think, is is uh, <laughs> testimony enough that I can still use the, the software, but didn't get it. So it was a complete ceasefire in my career plans. Ding. And that's the best that's the best transition I could think of oh, when I was trying to think of one. There you go. Didn't even have it written in my notes, just straight off the head. Yeah. You see? Um uh, right, ceasefire. ceasefire yes. uh, AKA Pajem Part Three. Uh, AKA the Andorian Incident Part Three. I don't know where it's going to it's going to place. And, uh, showing my Vulcan colors here. You know, I'm, I'm back in the Vulcans, not the Randorians. I don't know. Um, it's way too. Yeah, as far any as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's way too. Way too. No, it's Pan Macar. <laughs> it's always Pan Macar. Um, you know, that's one thing that you know, I, I don't remember this episode and, and there's no memory of this episode whatsoever. I tried and tried to think if there was some sort of memory attached to this complete blank, I must've missed this one in the first run, but I am surprised that Pan Makar and Waitan isn't some sort of meme or like it's mine, it's yours or like some t-shirt somewhere, you know, I stand for Pan Makar or I stand for, you know, all this kind of stuff. It doesn't really enter the zeitgeist. It hasn't really yet to the le- lexicon for, no. for Trek fans. How's the episode for you? Any big memories for this? Um, well, funny enough, I literally just watched this this morning, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I, do you know what? We know we. Uh, this is maybe not quite right, but you know we've been talking about a sort of West Wing in space. Mm-hmm. This is sort of the aggressive. You know, it's got that <laughs> stuff going on. It's got politics going on and stuff, and so I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, for me, it, it kind of felt it was the regular Star Trek episode. You know, uh, Captain goes down, there's a problem between two sides. Yes, we know there's a vested interest. You know, we've met these characters before, which is quite nice. We haven't seen that before. Um, normally, it's a, an alien species they've just met, and then they're going to solve the, the day. 
Um, but it, it kind of, for me, went through very similar loops and hoops and tropes. Yeah. So it kind of felt very stuck. Like, you know, if you were to pull out a Star Trek episode, not that this plays into my ratings criteria later, but if you took out a Star Trek episode and said, look, this is how the, the basic set, you know, set of uh, things we have to do with a Star Trek episode. They come in, they have a little argument, there's a bit of a phase of fight and they finish the day. That kind of yes. what it felt to me. Yeah. Not a bad episode. You know, there's nothing in this that makes me cringe. There's no no sexy trek no. as well. Like, I couldn't really think of anything that they were exploitative in any way. And T'Pol features quite heavily, and normally she's the focus of yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, this one, it just does it does what it needs to it do. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's one of those, it does what it says on the tin sort of episodes for me. But, again, doesn't mean I don't like it. Just, yeah, it's there. Okay. Um, it, there's no time wiminess it's pretty straightforward and it's zero minutes zero seconds as we locate the episode and it's war phaser fights um shran's back we get susie plaxon yeah. as well as an andorian um a crush in any species i'm sorry Ed, whether she's a vulcan whether she's a klingon whether she's an andorian i don't care she's amazing um and i absolutely love her uh, mostly i, I like like her as a q i think the most okay, yeah yeah when she, when she had the big flowing locks and she looks oh she looks amazing uh but she just has that that way of delivering herself as whatever species she is that is just amazing she holds her own against everybody else in the room and absolutely love her um but uh shran uh, aka jeffrey coombs okay. it delivers another line just like he did in Andorian Incident, which sounded like it should have been in the trailer. And it probably was for the episode. But it's like, his name is Archer. And he looks off to the distance. And it's just like in Andorian Incident, where he said, like, this is far more than a monastery. <laughs> he just, he has that trailer persona yes. about him. Um, any thoughts on the opening scene? You know, did, did you sort of feel thrown out by it? Or did it set up? No, it set up what I needed. What I thought was quite funny actually was the bit right at the end when when his uh, antennae go up i don't know it's just saying <laughs> about it was sort of like a bit corny <laughs> i don't know yeah that is the only thing i really sort of noticed if you know what i mean the, the, the sort of the the open was fine and it did what it did and it was just this little hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it kind of felt like yeah, he's raising his fists. Yeah. Like he's like, "Yes, it's Archer. He yeah. will save the day." And thinking back now, having watched the the Shuttle Pod show between uh, uh, Dominic and mm. Connor, and and they had the interview yes. with um, Jeffrey Coombs, and he was saying that often when he made a line or had to give a very long speech, he couldn't actually hear what he was saying because the servos in his in his head were making too much noise. So I was wondering if like he didn't really know what he was saying, and you know. He could have been saying his name is Archery. He could have been saying he likes toast. <laughs> it just nothing. There was literally no, no nothing in that delivery. Uh, but yeah, it just felt like he he knew that that was going to be the moment that made the trailer, and he was playing for it. Uh, we go straight to the credits, and Forrest has called Archer. Yes. We didn't get a really in it in between. Like we don't get Shran contacting anyone, and we don't see like the. The, the sort of domino effect of him communicating with the Andorians, the Andorians get in touch with everybody else. Um, but he says he has asked for you. He doesn't specifically say Saval, but he says he has asked for you. And this does lead to some confusion later on in the episode. Um, but it's the first time the Vulcans have really asked for their help, according to Forrest. 
not strictly true if we're thinking temporal trek. I mean, uh, do we forget Valar from last season? Do we forget, you know, lots of other things that they've been asking them to do? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not the first time, but it's it's probably the biggest yeah. thing they've ever asked. You know, we need you to go to a big war-torn planet between these two uh, aggressive powers uh, and solve the day because you are the closest thing we have to an ambassador out there. Um, uh, just any thoughts on, you know, Archer taking up the mantle? Do, do you think that this is too soon for Archer? Mm, no, not really. I think... Um... I think it's absolutely Archer's dream. <laughs> you know, the way the whole the whole of this episode, he's so sort of statesmanlike, and you know, it's like he's sort of he's read like I guess he's American, is he? So he's he's read sort of like um, I don't know um, George Washington's autobiography, if there was such a thing, and he's you know he's, <laughs> he's sort of trying to trying to be a, a, a diplomat and a, and a sort of statesman. And he's being very statesmanlike mm. throughout this episode. It's, again, it's his mm. change of um, change of personality. This is his statesmanlike personality <laughs> coming out. So I think he's he's sort of like he's probably thinking, "Oh God, the bloody Vulcans again!" Oh. But he's also thinking, mm. "Yes, yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was a big swing for me. I think for me, it just felt like, well, I haven't seen him do this before. And I recognise that Shran is asking him because he trusts yeah. him. And that is a big theme for the whole yeah. episode. Um, but it just seemed odd that, you know, we know that there aren't other five, Warp 5 ships. But we do know that there are other Warp 3 and Warp 4 ships out in the Federation and Starfleet. Couldn't they have sent maybe a team to go and back him up, uh, you know, uh, to accompany him? Uh, because, you know, if it's vulcan territory if effectively the enterprise has had to come back and cancel its mission for a short time so they've come back on themselves so surely another ship could come out and meet them and i was, I was just wondering if yeah. maybe there there could have been an added dimension of an actual human ambassador going out and we see there's a bit of conflict between federation starfleet and dorian and vulcan and maybe make it a four-way instead mm. of a three-way the only problem with that is that that would destroy one of the great tropes of star trek in that there's no hmm. other ships in the sector. <laughs> very true. Very they true. They should have dropped and that. It's in, usually maybe. usually the Enterprise, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You're the only thing we've got out there it's close <laughs> to an ambassador. Well, no, not really. Um, uh, but it does lead to the next scene where they're in the mess deck and they've already set course. They're already on their way and they're pushing the engines yes. uh, past the the injector limits. The drink is shaking. Uh, and now this is a little call forward uh, and I'm thinking like the Excelsior in Star Trek six, you know, flyer apart then with Captain Sulu. So it's nice to kind of see that the engines are being pushed again as we got calling back to the Warp five against the Maserites with Valar as well. So, again, keeping all the sort of uh, Vulcan-ness about it, you've got to push the engines when you're dealing with the Vulcans. Um, the injectors are at 110 yes. percent and Topol says they're rated yeah. for 120 percent. Why aren't they just rated for a hundred percent? This felt very Spinal Tap to me. I, th I wondered if this was a Spinal Tap it's exactly reference. Exactly what I thought. Yeah, they go up to one hundred and twenty. Yeah. <laughs> you see, most most blokes are going to be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? I put it up to eleven. Eleven. Exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? 
These go to 11. <laughs> Just turn it up to 11. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I thought um, to Paul's delivery was lovely. Mm-hmm. Just like, leave it out, mate. Just, you know. <laughs> Just calm down, son. <laughs> yeah, best engineer my yeah, foot. Exactly. I'm telling you, that that if she had a t-shirt, that's what Topol would wear. Um yeah, uh speaking of wearing things, underwear is being flame retardant, oh, but yes. I wouldn't light it on fire to prove a point. Yeah. Not a traitrid. I thought it was actually quite yeah. a funny line. I thought it almost felt a little bit McCoy to yes. me. And I don't know if about yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much, isn't it? It's that sort of like down to earth sort of, you know. Yeah, no, that's yeah, you're right, actually. I wonder if like, you know, they've been trying to get that trifecta going right from the get-go, from the very first episode. And you know, when you watch like documentaries and behind the scenes about Enterprise, that seemed to be the general consensus of what they were going for. I felt like that line was just the the real start, you know, to poll saying uh, they're rated for 120%. It's like, yeah, but you know, underwear is flame retardant, Mr. Spock, but uh, I'm not gonna light it on uh, light myself on fire to prove a point, am I? Absolutely. And then you just have just have Kirk just like hand yeah. in hand, <laughs> head in hand, just like bones. Come on. <laughs> um, uh, but we also get the backstory. We get a little bit of um, uh, what the Vulcans did to the Andorians, mm-hmm. uh, and Topol says that they immediately annexed the moon as soon as they saw the Andorians move in and started terraforming it. And I was kind of wondering what they were going for. She talks about treaties of twenty ninety seven appeasement. Uh, there was, um, you know, the displacement of people. And I was wondering if, were they going for maybe a Northern Ireland conflict commentary in the episode? Um, but I can't quite place it because there were there were bits and pieces that didn't quite match that. And I was wondering if there was anything that you thought they were going for in this episode beyond kind of just, you know, fighting bad. I don't think so. Hmm? No, I don't think so. I think, I suppose the the thing is you can't help but, see relationships like that because mm. it's a planet you know planet so we change it into a, a, a country you know and it's mm-hmm. been taken over it's been annexed it's been fought over and stuff so there's that those 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 sort of things are there but i don't mm. think they were going for that at all no no i don't think they were mm. thinking like that i mean when the episode came out i missed it must have been what eight years since the northern island peace yeah. process had sort of done its yep. job um so you know it would have been an out of date reference if it were you know it's, it's eight-year-olds why why reopen that wound with the, yeah. you know uh, with commentary on something like that but there were just a lot of conversations it, it just i don't know it just rang out that there was an idea that um an aggressive sort of hoity-toity species came in and took something that wasn't theirs but they saw it was theirs because it was in their field of vision and they were there already sort of thing um, and I know it just it just it flashed up images of Northern Ireland, but not quite the same yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, um, I'm probably am just seeing things that aren't there. Uh, it takes them three days to get back to this planet. Um, so I was considering we just stop there, do this episode and then do another one next time. Uh, but I didn't do that with a dead stop or anything like that. It took them four days. So we're just going to carry on. And Saval's back. So we've had trans back. Now Saval's back. The team are back yes. together again. Um, it, he is pissed. I mean, for a Vulcan, he is really annoyed. Um, your presence here is not an asset. 
for some fr- for some reason they find you trustworthy um you know why did shran ask for you and this is where the confusion comes in because he was under the impression that saval had asked himself so archer had asked um and um that shran that shran is actually the one behind this at this point did you feel like is this a play by shran is this some sort of tactical maneuvering is this politics at work or do you genuinely think that he is being trustworthy no i think i think shran generally trusts him i think you know from from um the end um pajem shadow they're not shadows pajem the Andorian incident hmm. i think there's definitely and we see this right through the series that there's a real respect and and you know, trust in Archer from Shran for whatever reason, just one of those things where I think that sometimes you, you sort of come across somebody and you just sort of click. And that seems to be what happens with Shran. He just, you know, so I mm. think, yeah, I think it's, this is genuine. And I think the actions of Shran later in the episodes suggest they're, they're genuine as well. Mm. And I, I like that uh, Archer, dare I call back to the seventh but says, I'll take the Vulcan that I trust. Yes. You know, at least that was something that was established in the seventh. I know it's hard to believe, but something was established in that episode. Um, uh, <laughs> Sick Bay, yes. we're in uh, with flocks, and we find out that there's some nasty mutagen down there. So I'm going to have to bombard you with radiation. And he goes and sticks him in the decon chamber. And, you know, he doesn't have to disrobe, doesn't have to do anything. And this is where I'm coming in. Like, they could have easily gone the yep. sexy trek route. You know, we've just had talk of stripping down to your underwear and setting yourself on fire. <laughs> Could have done that, but didn't. I felt like this is the best use of the decon chamber for a character sort of piece where we had flocks talking about his time in the infantry. Yep. Battlefields aren't uh, a predictable place. Be careful down there. A lovely sort of moment for um, uh, Billingsley to sort of portray yep. and, and say, look, you know, I'm not just your doctor. I am someone who's all has been down there. I've seen what this can do. Um and yeah, they didn't have to, you know, disrobe to get radiation treatment. Wonderful. Uh, just any thoughts on on this sick bay um, moment? Yeah, the the thought I had actually was it is just an excuse to talk about Vulcan oh. physiology, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that was put in with a nod. You know that 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 was definitely a reference. You know, Vulcan <laughs> physiology. Yes, good old Vulcan physiology. <laughs> I mean, I think it was quite nice that little little bit with, as you say, about you know these experiences as, as a field medic and stuff. But really, the the the, the winning moment of that was the folk, Vulcan physiology bit. I think that was, uh, yeah. She's immune, Captain. It's fine. But you know, as we learned in Singularity, you just stick someone in a shower. Yes. So I don't even know why he bothered bombarding <laughs> him with radiation in the decon chamber. Just stick him in a shower, um, or beam a shower down, and then they can do the talks inside the shower, <laughs> and then we'll get you know the sexy trek coming yeah. back. Um, uh, in the pod on the way down, uh, to Paul is talking to Archer, and we find out that he glanced at the one thousand two hundred page document. Uh, uh, that they, they talk about border incursions of twenty one twelve. There, before I go further into this, speaking about the foreign office and you know the the job I used to have, I used to prepare documents like that for loads of people in meetings and stuff, and they never read them. Um, sometimes I did. I'm not saying everybody's the same, but sometimes I did. And yeah, it kind of pisses you off a little bit because you spent you spent a day, maybe a more, on putting that together. It's like, 
I put together a research proposal on this particular person and you did not read it. And as to Paul quite rightly says, do you have a strategy? <laughs> and Archer says, well, we're just going to have to play it by ear. I thought wonder, maybe that was a, a Vulcan oh, yes. reference. Um, and then to Paul just gives a look and it's just like this, what is he doing? She goes wide eyed. It's like, we're, we're flying into nothing. This, you know, she's already judged trip. Yes. You know, the greatest engineer in my foot, <laughs> greatest, greatest choice for captain my foot i think should be the other t-shirt so when when the other one's in the wash that's the one she's wearing um but you know it was almost the look of my god i'm in the presence of an idiot <laughs> um just any thoughts on on archer not preparing or not necessarily needing to prepare because would that actually taint his view on what's going on yeah i mean i think you're right i think that's it's what it is is the vulcan way of doing things isn't it the vulcan would have read the 1200 pages and made notes and you know annotations and you know and and, and criticized the grammar and you know mm-hmm. whereas Archer's like oh we'll just see what happens give it a go <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's very much Archer isn't it that's Archer you know, he's like that yeah it, it it's the very human way of doing things uh, on the planet they're sort of skulking around and this is where I think for me, the episode kind of got them bogged down into the standard tropes mm. of Star Trek. The setup, I thought was really good. And everything up to this point was really good. But for me, it felt like, right, we're going to walk through this battlefield. Yeah. We're going to walk through a little bit more battlefield. And we're still talking in a battlefield. And it just felt like that there were pretty standard conversations going on about, you know, we're going to get um, uh, ambushed, taken out by the Andorians. Do you really trust them? And it, it's a back and forth conversation we get throughout the episode, yeah. for me, at yeah. least. Um, and it just felt like we could have cut down the talking through the rubble and just got on with it. Um, uh, is it an archer abduction at this point? Because they put a hood over his head. I know Shran's in charge and that they've just brought him here so that he can't see where they walked. But is he abducted? Is it a mini abduction? I don't think so. All I think it is, is they're being careful. They're being Andorian as well, because it's sort of what the Andorians would do. They'd, they'd put a mask on you, or, uh, you mm-hmm. know, on purpose, just to, you know, be a bit sort of aggressive and a bit sort of, you know, just sort of keep you off, you know, sort of unbalanced and stuff. But no, I don't mm. think it's an abduction. I think it's more of a security issue. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, fair enough. Um, I like that the fact that the bags don't have antenna pockets so that does that mean that the andorians have also got a quartermaster's just like on the enterprise who can make bags that fit human heads um you know <laughs> I, I don't or yeah because were there going to be like pouches for like pointy ears as well uh so the vulcans have got one set of bag the humans have got a different bag just in case you need it um because i was just imagining why aren't there like floppy yeah. tendrils that aren't being filled up by all the antenna but there we go um we now get back into the camp. We have Susie saying that, you know, you can never be too vigilant around you Vulcans. Um, should it have been Susie? Should it actually have been the creepy Vulcan from the Andorian incident who goes through Susie's arc? You know, someone we've already seen who we didn't like because of the creepy way he was dealing with Topol. Oh, yes. And he is, he is the opinion that we shouldn't like. You know, mm. did they lose something by not bringing back that character for us to hate at the end of the episode? That's really interesting. That, that had never even occurred to me. But yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't know what rank he was, because I think you need oh, you true, need a yeah. sort of senior rank who's sort of gone against you know because like just the sort of 
average Joe mm. maybe wouldn't be able to sort of organise a sort of, you know, a, a hidden agenda in the same way. Mm. So she needed to be of a certain rank, I think. And I think that's probably why they went for it. And they probably just mm. thought we'd get her back in, you know. Yeah. Not complaining it's Susie, but absolutely not complaining it's Susie. <laughs> um, we see um, the hostages or are they prisoners? Mm. And I felt like there was there was a bit of a conversation that wasn't delved into as much as I was expecting um, that, you know, you call them hostages, you call them yeah. prisoners. And I felt like that should have been a bit more of a conversation here um, because you know they are being held against their will. You know, they're, they're, they're Vulcans that have been Archer abducted yes. in the place of Archer. Um, uh, but we talk about refugee camps instead. We talk about, you know, um, moving uh, in a military post. Of course, we responded that way. We had to put you in camps. We had to get rid of you, yeah. all, all this kind of thing. Um, the high command don't like me and the feeling is yes. mutual. I thought that was quite a nice little way of Archer proving yeah. that he's, you know, he's willing to entertain what the Andorians have to say. Um, Shran wants Saval there in the camp. Now, I was wondering... Why? Because they've already brought the humans in. Um, they could have had the talks on the Enterprise. Like, you know, Shran could have gone back with them. Uh, all of the camp still stays the same. Um, it just seemed odd that he wants Saval to come down. Like, they could have made loads of other appeasements. They could have made a lot more show of faith yep. um, towards Shran. Um, it seemed odd that he's called for that. It felt, it felt like this is an episode being written of star trek they have to create yeah. some drama so they need him to go down and prove a point and then they'll come back and start talking on the enterprise yeah. it just felt like they could have just started talking there and then we could have carried on this conversation about hostage prisoner you're here as our guest on board the enterprise and then shran takes umbrage well i'm here on your ship am i a hostage am i a prisoner you know i felt like that could have been a conversation that could have gone somewhere um just any thoughts on shran's demands yeah i mean i think um I, I know what you mean, but I do think it would have changed the episode. And that's probably, you know, the episode they were going for, maybe, you know. But I think also, I think it makes sense for the Andorians. I think Andorians are quite aggressive, as much as they like to sort of say they're not aggressive and it's not their fault and all the rest of it. They are quite aggressive. And they are quite mm. sort of like, you know, quite sort of <laughs> angry or something. I don't know. But so I think it makes sense as well. But I think probably if it was a real situation, yeah, I think they would have said, no, we're not going to bring him down. But you come to the Enterprise, it'd be a neutral ground, and we'd we do it there, you know. So I think, yeah, I mean, it was more, I think, more sort of serving the episode rather than what might have been the way it would have worked in reality. Mm. Yeah, it. I mean, I wonder if there is an element of Shran's character not trusting um, Tara, her, Susie Blackson's character, and that he wouldn't trust her to be left alone on the planet and she would have gone ahead and pushed the troops and things like that. Maybe he wants to stay on the ground I, to keep an eye I on her. I don't think so, because I think he was really taken aback when we get the reveal. At the yeah, end. so I don't mm. think that. I think he, he absolutely trusts her mm. to follow his orders. Um, so, no, I don't think it's that. So do you think that that is the theme of the episode then? It's more about trust. It's... It's a whole episode about the person that you would have trusted with your life five minutes ago is actually now your enemy. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, there is, you know, obviously the, there's so much distrust between the Andorans and the Vulcans. Oh. And this certainly by the end of it feels like a a sort of a move forward in mm. relations and a move forward. Certainly, again, I think, you know, what happens is that Shran and um, Saval, mm. there's a, you know, th- there's a personal trust. I mean, if you want to go back to sort of Northern Ireland, You've got mm. things like uh, Mo Molum and stuff, you know, and that development mm. of, you know, what co- what happens is that you develop a relationship and a trust between two people representing en- enemies, mm. and that leads somewhere, you know, and it it, t- it starts with that sort of personal, interpersonal relationship developing and that sort of trust and sort of understanding developing on an individual basis, that then leads mm. to a wider a wider solution so certainly as far as trust goes and, and, and sort of you know that that's something that happens in the episode um between Saval and and, and Shran certainly so yeah I mean I think there's you know if you are looking for sort of you know callbacks to that then I think that's where where it where it is mm. I don't think it was intentional though personally but <laughs> but yeah that again we've faced this problem before haven't we like what was the intention when the episode came out and what's the intention or or the interpretation you could lay on it 20 years on um yeah i think definitely there was a focus on individual personalities as opposed to these governments all getting involved and there has to be because that's the way it is it it develops from that Mm. um they go back to the ship they meet up with saval and saval um, or he already knows that he didn't read the 1,200-page document because uh, you don't understand the position and the complexity of what's going on here. Uh, but clearly he does because he knows it's about trust and he needs you to go down and you need to come with me and we are going to go down there. But um, you're not going to bring your aid. You're not going to bring anything else. It's just you, me, and T'Pol, and that's all we're doing. The ball is in your court. And I did like little Savals just like look over to yeah. T'Pol. I was like, what the hell is he yeah. talking about? Um, I, I, it's another Star Trek trope, but I like this one of just you know calling out human idioms that don't make sense to anybody yeah. else. Um, I thought it's interesting, you know, he didn't make it a little bit more water poly, mm. uh, polo-y, water poloy. Yeah. Is that a word? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, it, you're diving underwater, Saval. You know, you've got to you've got to dive yeah. deep into that into that pool. Um, but uh, yeah. Trip uh, doesn't like the idea that he's going back down and says, look, last time it took him eight years to negotiate this. Um, and Archer just says, I'm just going to have to speed things up. Um, there's a lot of like, I- I'm really good at yeah. this. <laughs> I don't know why I'm really good at this, but I'm really good at this. Um, on the planet, Shran uh, is um, completely respectful when he says, you know, make sure that yep. everybody out there knows don't treat him wrong. I want him here. I want to talk to him. I want him alive. Tara is already saying that, you know, we should strike now whilst they're distracted. Um, you know, have a little faith in Archer, you know, have a little faith of the heart in Archer. I thought, you know, it at least goes into the credits. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to push this idea of faith and trust, but there we go. Um, but back on the pod, they are then saying you're going to be blindfolded. Saval just wants silence. Uh, this yeah. felt like, you know, 
every little journey you've taken in a car, car share with maybe some people at work or anything like that. It's like, just don't want to talk. Yeah. I'm just preparing myself for the the slew of what's coming my way at work today. Can you just be quiet? Uh, and unfortunately, he doesn't get it because they get fired upon and they crash. Yeah. They've crashed the shuttle pod one again. again. I've, I have actually lost count now of how many times they've crashed this shuttle. Um, it's always shuttle pod one and it's always there. This this is this is a reference. This is a reference for UK listeners again. So I apologise to US, mm-hmm. but there's a program called um, Only Fools and Horses, <laughs> and there's a famous episode where one of the characters who's a, a, a road sweeper gets an award for having the same broom for twenty years, and, and at some point he says, "Yeah, you know, it's had it's had seventeen new handles and." 27 new brooms and it's a bit like that you know shuttle pod one is has been re it's not, not the same shuttle is it it's, it's let's be honest it's, it's about shuttle pod 17 by this point no. so what exactly is your award for for saving the council money i am to mention to her one day that i've had the same broom for the last 20 years just, just a second if you've had that broom for 20 years have you actually swept any roads with it of course, but I look after it well. We have an old saying that's been handed down by generations of road sweepers. Look after your broom. Yeah, and that's what I've done. I've maintained it for 20 years. This old broom has had 17 new heads and 14 new handles in its time. <laughs> Can it be the same bloody broom? Well, here's a picture of it. What more proof do you need? They should call it, they should name them. You know, uh, you know Shuttle Galileo is by the TOS yep. days. Maybe Shuttle Pod 1 eventually got called just Trigger. Yeah, exactly. Just no real yeah. reason. Yeah, Reed just knows about this sitcom yeah. from the old days of the 20th century. Uh, it's like, let's call it Trigger. Like, that doesn't make any sense, Malcolm. Why are you calling it Trigger? Trust me, the Brits are going <laughs> to love it. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, Trigger's Broom, uh, Shipper Theseus Problem. Yeah, it's not the same shuttle pod one that gets crashed over and over again. It's just a different one every single year. Um, uh, maybe it's Lieutenant Hess. Maybe she gets yes. to print it off again. I'm going to bring her back again. She's still there. Trust me. Um, uh, Savol was part of the occupation force in yes. the original idea. I wonder, is this another callback to the seventh mm. of like every Vulcan secretly yes. has ah. an an intelligence operative background that we never find out except for one scene in their life. Um, you know, everyone's a former operative yeah. of the, of the yeah. intelligence bureau for the Vulcans. Uh, it makes the Vulcans seem a bit seedy, a bit, uh, again, untrustworthy yeah. as we've seen again, asshole Vulcans yeah. have come back again. Um, yeah. Uh, Shran uh, may have shot us down. Yeah. You know, the the Vulcans are already assuming that it is the Andorians. They're actually correct, uh, but Archer is giving them the benefit of the doubt, and he's built up that trust with Fran. Um, again, it comes down to this other thing of they're walking through the rubble. You know, we cut back and forth between the bridge on the Enterprise, and they're walking through the rubble, and they're carrying on the conversation. I kind of felt like you just you know speed it up a bit more. Come on, come on, come on, get 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 on to the meeting Shran and and get into some nitty gritty, some politics sort of thing. Um, what exactly that scene would be if they were sitting at the table and, and doing that and whether that would be good TV, I don't know. Um, we go back up to Captain Trip. Yes. Uh, the Vulcans know they've crashed because they've got better senses than they do. Um, and Trip and Reed 
uh, they weren't in on any of the rescue operations because they witnessed firsthand how Vulcans operate. Uh, and uh, Trip talk, already talks about Shadows of Bajem, so he, even he is making references back to previous things uh, that have happened. Uh, any thoughts, Captain Trip? Now, last time we saw him yes. as a captain, he fell he apart, did. but he seems to have worked out a little, yeah. you know, niche for himself. Yeah, he he so. seems quite comfortable, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think mm. um, he's enjoying that. Yeah. Um, other than that, nothing really on that scene. It's a bit of a not a filler. That's the wrong word, but just like a little bridge between mm. you know, between sort of the next of stuff that's going on. Really. Um, mm. Yeah, there is there is actually a retread coming up. I think. Mm-hmm. Sort of, I got conf- I get mixed up with because this this little scene and another scene later on is very similar. Uh huh. Um, I've got it written down in my notes. It's like, I wonder if Dan's got a retread on this one. I don't know, I, uh, yeah, yeah so we're, we're talking about there it, is yeah. a, there's a scene there's a scene down, back down on the yeah. planet where it actually, it's the Vulcaneers. Yes. Scene. Why are they great. so fixated oh, on I the love ears? That scene. That's brilliant. I think they're impressed. <laughs> is it something like she says? I think they're, they're yeah. Jealous uh, or I think they're envious. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Um, I just, I love that. Why is there obsession <laughs> with the art ears? Um, but Savol mentions her her human accent. Yeah, picked up at a human accent, and you have changed. Yeah. Um, just any thoughts on that on that moment? Well, I mean, first of all, the the the, the ears thing is brilliant. It's just great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, you know, but also I think um, what's really interesting about that scene is I can't remember exactly what he says. Her uh, are her. Um, emotions i think is it um arrogance is one of them or something mm-hmm. else gratification and arrogance yeah. were the two emotions that he was Which talking really, about really i mean you know that i mean is it last week we talked about the episode with the you know i mean if they weren't displaying those two things i don't know what they were doing you know and mm. and, and you know and sort of um Saval's attitude towards this whole situation if you can't describe that as arrogant i don't know what you know it's it's so so interesting to see the sort of complete lack of understanding that the Vulcans have for who what they're really like. You know, mm-hmm. they really are. They're arrogant. They're you know they're prideful. <laughs> you know they they you know they're, they're so emotional. Um, and mm-hmm. this is another example of that where he has you know he's, he has no knowledge that he's doing exactly what he's criticising to poll for. But I like the human accent bit as well. That's quite interesting. Just, um, mm. they, they call it an yeah. accent as opposed to your your being yeah. human it's just like a, a twang yeah. to your to the way you're saying things um you know i almost wanted her to bring up the i'm not you know my my uniform is flame retardant but i'm not going to light it on fire almost like she picked it up from trip uh, or a variation yeah. of that like a vulcan version yeah. of it um but yeah i had it written down as well you know this is just a week out of stigma yeah why isn't there more talk you know she must have sent a communique back to vulcan to stand up for this doctor yeah. the dr Eurus from last week so savol must have known that that's something that goes on i was wondering why they didn't mention mm-hmm. it i mean i know why in the tv world you know they don't want a direct callback even though this episode is a complete callback yeah. to several other episodes anyway um that you know you play it out of sig out of um, yeah. uh, time stigma could come next week and we just don't know it um but yeah it kind of felt like that was a beat that he could have played you know to twist the knife a little bit more yeah. about you being too emotional well you know i've heard about what happened at the conference mm, i've heard yeah. about this i felt like that was that was something more i wanted and again it plays into that idea that this episode stock yes you know star trek episode for me and i felt like there was conversations that were just missed that just made it it could have pushed it just a little bit better 
into a, a be a, an amazing episode um because at this point we're at 30 minutes through the episode already and there's you know about uh, 20 minutes left um and you know we're halfway through and we still haven't really yes got down to the crux of yeah. it you know it's still walking through the rubble yeah. at this point um the pod uh tara's talking about you know of course the balkans are deceiving us they've shut it down themselves to make it seem like we did it and they're going to blame us um and shran is still fighting back he still has faith in archer and so on uh now we've got the bridge scene where um Ho, she thinks she's got a bio sign and she's managed to pick him up so Hoshi's had something to yes. do which is nice um travis has got his one yes. thing to do which is calling out how far away the andorian ships yeah. are uh that's all he does Again, why that's not Reed's job? Surely that's a tactical alert thing. Maybe that's something there. Um, but now we get, um, you know, what are you planning, Trip? And I was wondering if this is the Reed moment. Um, no, well, the, the moment is, and I can't remember where it comes. I think it's actually not come yet. It's, it's, a, it's another scene further forward. Oh, yes. Uh, I think, yes. Is this locked and ready? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is coming a bit yeah. more. Yeah. So um, trip. Trip is is playing his little uh, way through. But yes, it leads to a locked and ready scene. You're a very brave man, Malcolm. Never much cared for the name Malcolm. I was rather growing fond of the name Stinky. You've had too much to drink. How about 30 years in the brig? Or maybe a good flogging? You see, you were looking at my hands. You should have been looking at my eyes. Awfully nice. I mean, I shouldn't hate it. Because it is... It is Reed, but just that that mm. that shot and that look on his face—it's just like, oh, you can, you know, he's going. I'm going to shoot something. I'm going to shoot something. <laughs> yes, oh yes, oh yes. You know, he's he's gonna have to. My time has he come. Has to, he has to go down, kind of have a lie down. I think you know, just. Yeah. Yeah, because he was saying, like, um, I don't really know what you're getting at, Trip. you know, or what you do, really doing, you know, um, what do you have in mind? I don't think he would have said that. I think he would have been like, which phase cannon do you want fired first? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, it, yeah it, it, he feels like he was being very slow, and given what we know about him and how much he loves to blow stuff up, um, he would have been straight in where with that yep. plan. He would have been like, right, we can fire yep. first. That, that'd be fine. Awfully nice. Uh, Archer and Tara. Yes. Uh, we find out that the, the guns don't have a sun setting no. and there's a bit of a firefight because they've been shot. Yeah. Saval's been hit. Um, this is where it's sort of back and forth yeah. between the Enterprise and, and what, what's going on upstairs. As the the you know the, the action is ramping up on one part, there's the action in the, another as well. Um, action Archer rolls yes. in the dust. And, uh, this felt very Kirk yes. to me. Well, do you know what? The bit that felt most Kirk to me was actually... Um, um, Andorian. Oh God, my brain. Oh. Tara, Tara, thank you. The mm. way she swung from the thing and, and kicked <laughs> out with both feet. That that was. I, I thought to myself, Kirk Fu at that moment. That was absolute <laughs> Kirk Fu, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I swear, I heard the music 
playing some notes. It, it felt like they were playing the yeah, yeah, quite easily. You could yeah. see it coming into the music. I, I maybe there was a musician musician in the background. It's like I'm going to work it in. No one's going to know I'm doing it. No, 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 no. So yeah, that was impressive. That was proper TOS style, wasn't it? That was uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. They fell through the floor. That was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that he's got the advantage, but the floor yeah. gives way yeah. at that exact moment yeah. when it shouldn't. Uh, um, yeah, Enterprise blocks the two yes. ships, so they're, they're facing off and Enterprise is in the way. Uh, um, again, it comes back to this idea that why wasn't the talking done on the ships? I think it could have been really cool if Shran had been on board yeah. and, you know, the, the Vulcans are threatening to fire on the Enterprise. The Andorians yeah. are going to back up the Enterprise and sort of protect it, but also maybe fire on the Enterprise as well so that they can end this talks and just get on with the fighting. I think it could have made some interesting thing, like one ship does one thing, one yeah. ship does the other, and they're all fighting against each other in different ways. Um, but that's not what we got. Uh, we got a, we got a split screen yes. and we got a Zoom call. Yes. And we got basically what we're doing yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 20 seconds styly. Yeah. Um, I swear I've seen that Andorian before. Really? Or the, the actor playing the Andorian. And oh, I okay. swear I've seen him before. And I don't know if it is as an Andorian. I don't know if he was part of the team from Andorian Incident. But his face just looks so familiar. Oh. And now I'd, I'd never do, or I try not to do, too much IMDb rabbit holing on the show because i am watching time as it plays out on this device i'm just seeing what's happening in my reality this is just history um but i swear that face just looked really familiar to me and i could not place it um so i am going to look it up later on but uh, i never do it before the episode because this is just us talking about history um but yeah this is the phase cannons locked and ready oh god it's really difficult because it is read I mean, it is mm. Reed. So maybe, you know, <laughs> I don't hate Reed, like, all-encompassingly. All-encompassingly? Um, Water polar Reed, yes, yes, exactly, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> But it's just, I suppose, it's just, I think it's more the director's choice or the, the writer's choice to do that. It puts poor Reed in a way, I feel sorry for Reed almost, you know, it's expected. This is, you know, everyone knows him so well that this is what happens, and you know, and it's 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 a shame for him really because you know I'd like to think he has more dimensions than simply just blowing things up, but I don't know that he does. You know, he has a weird yeah. sort of pineapple interest. Pineapple definitely yeah. has some weird, weird sort of masochistic tendencies. How about thirty years in the brig, or maybe a good flogging? <sighs> See, you were looking at my hands. He should have been looking at my eyes. Yeah, and, you know, so I don't know if that's really, you know, that's good. I mean, you'd hope he'd have some nice qualities, but... <laughs> there is a smugness to his face as he's yes. saying it that, like, I'm going to blow yeah. you up. Yeah. And oh, he just thinks... And the yeah. other thing with it, of course, is that what we know already is that, actually, there'd be like it'd be like a pop gun, you know, especially <laughs> against the Vulcans. I'm not sure about the Andorians, but certainly the Vulcans. Oh, I mean, it just, like, there'd be like... What did some sorry? Did someone just did I get like an insect bite or something there? You know, because <laughs> that's all it would. You know, yeah. it wouldn't they wouldn't be taking out a, a Vulcan space cruiser or anything, would they? So no. it'd be completely pointless. <laughs> yeah, they've they've already established several times that 
you know, the the Vulcans have got yeah. better, whatever. Yeah, everything, you know, no matter yeah. what the Enterprise has got, they've got more than what they've got. Um, but the, uh, uh, the yeah, the torpedoes will be basically just the Vulcans like holding the humans at the head yeah, and exactly, like yeah, they're yeah, swinging. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, back on the planet, Tara uh, tries to implicate Archer, and there's a bit of you know, um, you know, you're trusting him over me. Um, uh, do all your officers feel the same way about? you know this peace process as you do you uh tara did what she was expected to do so she was looking after her own interests but other people feel like her as well um on the bridge the ships are now starting to move in uh but just as the communication comes in and say don't worry saval's being treated by the medics um and travis will be sent down in shutter pod too but we're Let's not gonna it. see yes. that bit i thought exactly the same <coughs> yeah they gave him something to do and we still didn't see it. Uh, seeing him fly through and there's still some phaser fights because not everybody's got the communique that it's all over and there's a ceasefire. Uh, you know, we could have seen some real piloting skills yes. from Travis, but no. Um, uh, back on the ship, we've now got the Enterprise uh, and the, the Vulcans and the Andorians are sitting around the table. Uh, as I said before, this was kind of what I expected them to do off the bat, uh, but they didn't. And uh, Shran is uh, is dissatisfied, yes. and Archer sort of brings up this idea of you know uh, someone once said that you know compromise is something where both parties don't get what they want, um, but uh, it felt lower decks. I remembered that lower decks the the, the diplomats I, game. That I'm they sure played. it's the same line, isn't it? I think yeah, yeah I'm they sure. reference the same line. I thought that as well. That's you know. Hey, work later. Let's hit the phaser range. I need moving targets. This isn't work. We're playing diplomats, and we're at a crucial point in the negotiation. We're both about to lose. Why is that good? If both sides are equally unsatisfied with the negotiation, you can close the deal. Ready for final offers? Eh, I don't like it. I guess I can live with that. That's, That's a compromise. compromise. Oh boy. So it's mm. a direct reference, I think. It. They're straight off of Archer. Yeah. They are playing that yeah. game. Uh, but as Saval says, you know, any compromise that yes. stops overt war is a success in my books. So, you know, we come back on to Saval's side yeah. by the end of it. He's been very aggressive and he's been very arrogant yeah. the whole way through. He's done all the emotions, like you said, that uh, he was blaming to poll for, but he got there in the end. Um, and uh, Vulcans don't drink, yes. but maybe this once. That, I mean... He's meant to be this brilliant ambassador and this brilliant sort of tactician and stuff. You wouldn't mm-hmm. say that, would you? You'd say, yeah, thanks no. very much. You wouldn't mm-hmm. just have to drop in that, <laughs> oh, Vulcans don't drink. All right, mate, you know, just leave it out. Are you a recovering alcoholic? No. So then it's not a problem, is it? It's not like, you know, this could be a spiral of, of you know, disaster for you if you have one sip of the Sandorian out. It's you know, it's just a drink. It's just a little don't even have to drink it all, mate. Just have a little sip. Just knock the glasses together. You know, just just play <laughs> along with the game. Don't need to drop it in, do you? Yeah, it's like uh if if he had like a, an allergy to mushrooms <laughs> or like you can't eat too many mushrooms in and you know, here's a bowl of salad. It's like oh it's got mushrooms yeah. in it. But just this once I'll yeah. eat it. It's like we well, didn't need to say that you just enjoy the mushrooms. Yeah. Um, but the talks will continue on Andoria. Yes, so he is giving good. in and saying we can concede yep. back onto the homeworld. Um, your presence here was not overly meddlesome. <laughs> and I think he likes you, pink skin. <laughs> I really liked that sign out for the episode. I thought it there's, I wouldn't go that far as well. Archer's come back to, to Shran 
and it felt like they were proper buddies yeah. by this end end episode they, they've already had an element of trust which led to this episode in the first yeah. place uh but this whole end part scene that the three of them just had this i know this way about talking to each other now yeah. that you're not meddlesome i think he likes you um and yeah i i'm shipping these two i'm shipping uh shran and archer the whole way through just from that scene it's like uh yeah okay fair enough all right um uh, maybe jealousy from shran i don't know uh, uh, any thoughts on on the final part of the scene that uh, Archer isn't too meddlesome? Yes. Yet again, again. I mean, why you don't, you don't need to do it, do you? It's just, <laughs> just it's so Vulcan. Arsehole. It's so Vulcan, and it's arsehole. It's really just arseholey. I think you know. <laughs> we, we what we could do, we could just throughout the episode, what you could do, you could drop. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, arsehole. Right? Mm. So now you've got that clear as a nice clear clip. You can just drop that in. Okay. Wherever I said Vulcans, arsehole. You can just put arsehole. Because <laughs> that's what they are at this point. They're awful. <laughs> you know, just, oh, mate, just, just yeah. There's going to be timey wiminess out in this episode. As I go back in the uh, edit, it will only make sense that I put arsehole after every time you say Vulcan. Yeah, once we get to um, the... Until yeah. you get to the end of yeah. the episode. I like that. That's fine. You've just created time travel <laughs> in an episode that didn't have time travel. Um, and that's it. Um, the episode ends. Yep. Um, we've had a ceasefire. Yes. We've had a couple of episodes build into yes. this. So we had Andorian yep. Incident. We had Shadows of Pajem. Sort of had other episodes that involved the Vulcans as well as a lead up. But I feel like we haven't really had a lot of the Andorians up to no. this point you know, to really buy into both sides of the argument. Shran has been great and a great way into that. But do you feel like there should have been more episodes that maybe this should have been the focus for season one and two of bridging these three species? I think they should, yeah, I mean, just generally, I think they should have more Shran. And, and by mm-hmm. that, yeah, we have true. more Andorians. Um, mm. Yes, I think so. I mean, I think um, it, it would have been really nice to have maybe like a sort of, you know, like a first season into the second season where they're, you know, where, where this, this conflict between the Vulcans arsehole and the Andorians is, is a bit bigger thing. I mean, it does come into it, as you said. But it would, yeah, and to sort of not resolve it exactly, but again, to feel like we're, mo- I mean, in the consequences, I'm going to bring something up about the end. Um, but yeah, just, I think, I, I think more Shram would have been great, full stop. Mm. And that, that whole storyline would have been good to, have, you know, have, have sort of been quite a localised thing. You know, they're not going right out into space. It, it's, it's actually, there's quite a lot going on quite nearby mm. almost. In mm. the Andorians and the Vulcans, and you know, and the problem that they've got, they're sort of they're they're friendly with the Vulcans to a point, and that causes, as we see, you know, it causes issues between the Andorians and the humans, and how that works out, and, and that could have been expanded quite a bit, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah, it it's one of those things that you know, I, I'm again putting today's TV mm. onto old TV, but. Considering they wanted to do it, they've clearly set out this idea that they wanted uh, a setup of the, the aggression between the two species. There was a thing in the middle with Pajem, and now this is the end to this story, effectively. Um, you know, when you think of Minefield, wouldn't it have been really interesting if it had been an Andorian Minefield? Mm. We hadn't had the Romulans, and that the, the you know the Andorians are building up. We don't get to meet them, 
but they're building up and they've mined this area, but the enterprises wants to get through there and they didn't know about it. And that's led to that. And then, you know, dead stop obviously happens. That's a one-off and, you know, it's not really part of the arc, but that's something that happens. You know, uh, the seventh, when it's talking about, um, you know, her having an operative past, well, actually that feeds into the Andorian conflict because maybe the person she was after is actually an Andorian who was disguised as a Vulcan. And, you know, she was going after him and he was the guy that he never did. And something that he did uh, messed with her brain and her memory and things like this. Um, I felt like that from watching this episode, I've gone back and looked at all the previous episodes and there are elements that could have yeah. crept in to just make it a little bit more so that it comes to a head in ceasefire. Um, you know, even the vanishing point, which has just been released today as we're recording this, um, what if Hoshi had worked out some solution in her head in the dream? Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, a communications problem that she has worked out in the dream. I don't know what that would have been, but, you know, it could have brought in those episodes with just a little snippet snippet in the background. Um, and it, it, I think my, my thinking has been swayed by doing Epsilon 3, the other podcast I do for Babylon 5, where they do something like a character is just reading a newspaper and it's talking about an organisation on Earth that is doing something seedy. No one's talked about it. No one's mentioned it, but it's clearly there in the shot. And then they move on to some other conversation mm. in the episode. But it builds yes. up this tension that there's a believable world out there. Um, it doesn't have to be the focus of the episode, but it just keeps it going. And I felt like that was missing for me. And it, it is just a standalone episode. Um, it calls back a couple of times, but it really it's plug in and play. Um, it, it takes standard tropes, walking through rubble, a couple of character moments, which are great. The, you know, the ears conversation, like we said, are great, but it doesn't quite go anywhere for me. Um, but yeah, that's the episode. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about uh, before we move on? No, not really. I think the only thing I did spot actually was how long it took things to happen. Mm -hmm. Initially, it was five hours for the Andorian ships to get there. <laughs> when we got to when we gone from that point to the point when they're getting on on the uh, shuttle pod, it's four hours. Yeah. So it's taken them an hour to get to the shuttle pod. <laughs> when we land on the planet, it's three hours. So it's taken them an hour to get get to the planet. <laughs> There's a, a little bit of talking of timey wiminess. There's a little bit of um, yeah, ignoring reality of time really. <laughs> That was the only thing I spotted. That's true. And considering uh, there is a bit where Travis says, oh, they'll be here in 13 minutes. And I paused just to see how long it was left on the episode. And it was 13 minutes. Yeah. So up to that point, they played very loosey-goosey with the timeline. Yeah. But then it took 13 yeah. minutes for the last bit of the episode. Very strange. Um, but that's locate the episode, yeah. Ceasefire. Uh, so we go on to Consequences. Yeah. Your analogy is very colourful, Captain, but I question whether it addresses the consequences. 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 The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer, but learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. What are the consequences for this episode? Oh, I think this is quite a big one. Mm. I think there is. There's one consequence. Well, it's not exactly a consequence, but it's it's a it's a consequence from a previous episode. And it is the red alert. Did you notice mm. they have a battle station sort of thing? And it's got the little bit yeah. it's quite and right down. 
but yeah. it's there and i really like that because it was you know that whole read alert thing so that that's mm-hmm. sort of we're seeing the consequence of of uh, singularity yeah so i really like true. that um i mean obviously that you know this is one of the starting points for the federation really you know, mm. as, I, as we said earlier, you know, those interpersonal relationships that are developing are what lead to bigger changes. And this is mm-hmm. absolutely what's happened in this episode, you know. So it's, it's, there's big consequences. This is, this is one of the founding events of the Federation, I think. Yeah. That no matter what you think about the episode, whether you like it or hate mm. it, it's an important it one. Uh, you, you don't get the future of Starfleet and the Federation without this episode. Um, calling a ceasefire, having the humans be the the go between, yeah. the bridge between the two, um, they can you know somewhat suppress their emotions uh, like the Vulcans, but they are also uh, can be aggressive just like the Andorians. Yeah. They are the, that balance. Yeah. Um, so it's a great episode yeah. for that. And yeah, um, yeah, they're having the tactical alert. So as soon as they move in, Reed is ready <laughs> to go with a little button, locked and loaded and locked <laughs> and ready, as he said. Um, yeah. Uh, alterations now I, i've spoken yes. on about my thing i've i ramble on about you know trying to make it a cohesive universe but um is there anything you would have wanted to see more of anything expanded from this episode do you know what i'm gonna stick with it i quite enjoyed this episode i mean again you know there's always alterations absolutely you know there's yeah. always finer points yeah. and there's always things you think well but actually you know, they could have gone to the, the Enterprise earlier, and that would have made sense. But, you know, again, I think in some ways that sort of ad- adversity, for want of a better word, that, that um, Saval and, and Topol and that went through, getting to get into mm. Shran, mm-hmm. sort of cemented that relationship with Shran. And I think, mm. so I think actually that, that worked quite well. So we sort of needed that bit where, you know, where there's a, the shootout and there's the whole sort of, you know, the sort of Andorians that don't agree with Shran. We needed mm-hmm. that in order to get to the bit where Shran becomes trusted by Saval. Mm. Um, mm. So actually, I, I don't think I would change it. No, I think it. I think it's a pretty decent episode. Actually. You know, I'm quite surprised that I did because I was expecting to think, oh, you know, but actually, I, I really like it. I think it's one of the mm. better ones we've w- watched recently. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we look at the turd sandwich, when we look at the dullness that has been season two up to this mm. point uh, in several episodes, um, this stood out as uh, a really, as I said, a pick up and play yeah, solid, solid yeah. Star Trek episode that they did exactly what you need to do in a Star Trek yeah. episode. There are niggles. There are things that I would expect to do with a big overarching story. Yeah. Um, but within the episode itself it works perfectly as it is again for me that then says well why didn't they go that one step further they've already got all of the tropes they've already got the standard scenes why not do just something a little bit different why not just twist it just a bit more what if you know tara's um story is that she you know why do we get more backstory why does she hate the vulcan so much you know if this is a moon somewhere else out in space why is she so invested? Mm. Was it her family? Mm. You know, were her family the one in the refugee camps? I mean, is there a personal story behind yeah. this? Um, I felt like that was missing for me. I yeah. felt like I needed Tara to not just have, I hate the Vulcans. I have the Vulcans because of this. 
it's just a it was a one note for her which is a real shame because susie i know susie can black play a lot more variety yeah. in a role uh kayla yeah. i think is the best role uh she's ever had um she has that balance she has this idea that she is half human half uh klingon and she can play that so why not give tara the same mm. sort of um you know complexity um you know saval was talking about how archer doesn't uh, understand the complexity of it i wanted more complexity mm. in the characters and the writing uh but as the episode stands it's a brilliant one it's it, it, it does exactly what a star trek episode should do it sets up a quandary you set up some trust you have some not great character moments there's even levity and comedy uh the bit about the ears brilliant you know it carries on that that star trek tradition of a solid episode it just wasn't great yep. for me uh, and i think that's that's the only thing that i can hold against mm. it um so with that in mind recommendations is it a good star trek episode for star trek fans yes i think it is i think it's a decent episode uh, you're right it's not a great episode but it's a decent episode but it does have such big consequences that i think mm. it's a, it's essential viewing really for for a star trek fan yeah mm. for what is to come yeah. and for what we will eventually know the vulcans go through and knowing that season four has a big vulcan arc coming up where this has got to play into it. I mean, I, I'm hazy memory yeah. still, but I'm sure they must mention this episode at some point. Um, you know, uh, uh, the Vulcan stands up with a, I, I stand with uh, uh, <laughs> Pom Macar, you know, something or anything like that in the background. Um, but uh, it's an important yeah. one. Politically, it's an important one. They can build from this yeah. into so many more episodes yeah. uh, to come, whether they will or not, it's another yeah, matter entirely. <laughs> but yeah, it, in the Star Trek Pantheon, I think it's an important one. Uh, it, to non-Star Trek fans, though, does it work in a brainwashing kit? Would it convert someone into wanting to know more about Star Trek? I don't know, because I think it. there's a couple of reasons why not. Because I think it, it calls back, although not, not sort of specifically as such, but I think you need to have seen um, Andorian Incident and Shadows per Gem for it to make sense mm. so there's one thing against it um and i think maybe it's a bit too star trek not too star trek <laughs> it's too like it's, it's wrapped up that the, the, what, what's important about it is is the federation and stuff and if you're just coming in cold then mm -hmm. that wouldn't mean anything to you it wouldn't have a, a you know resonance with you so i don't think it's one for that i think it's mm one that might be a later one again mm -hmm. yeah so if you sort of had an inoculation against the it's finished in 45 minutes uh trope that star trek can do you know we've taken this big issue and the captain went in and he solved the yeah. day uh despite not reading a 1200 page uh document um yeah i think that was the only thing that held it back for me recommending it to a non-star mm -hmm. trek fan is that Lots of people, whenever I've tried to get me to Star Trek, they've said, well, that's too resolved too quickly. It's not believable. That's not what would happen. Yeah. Why are they listening to him? Um, you know, they've had problems for hundreds of years and, oh, he just suddenly solved the problem. Uh, so I think that is a big holdback for a brand new fan coming yeah. in. But like you say, if you've seen the other episodes, if you see there's a bit of context to it, uh, why Shran does trust Archer the whole way through. Yeah. Um, you have to have watched other episodes yep. before you can watch this yep, one. Um, but a good one. It's it's a, you know it does exactly what a Star Trek episode can do, as I've said before. And that's, that's it. it. Yeah, um, we're all done for ceasefire. Yeah. 
all that will remain is me to set up next week's episode. But again, let's sell some podcasts to <laughs> the other rest I've added into our little uh, uh, criteria. Um, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Academic Trek 47. I am in ne- negotiations, talking of uh, negotiations. So I think negotiations is probably overblowing it a bit, but in <laughs> negotiations with one of the um, hosts of the Spinal Frontier podcast at the moment to come on. Hey, excellent. And uh, be part of the podcast. So you never know. <laughs> one day. Very cool. It might Very be a new episode. <laughs> Ah, oh, I love a crossover between two podcasts that I listen to. It's always nice to those. So, oh, they're meeting in between. It's great. It's it's Iron Man and Captain America. They're meeting. It's great. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it was great to have them feedback yeah. and sort of worry that yeah. they'd done something wrong, that we'd given them a shout out for something they'd done badly. But no, it was purely out of love, Spinal it Frontier. Was, yes. So we love you. Yeah. Uh, and if you if you haven't gone back, if you haven't uh, used Dan's recommendation from the other episode. Go and listen to Spinal Frontier. It is fantastic and fascinating yeah. uh, to think that someone could look at the species of all Star Trek and really mine it for something interesting about biology and evolution and, and how species might yeah. work. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and hopefully as well, um, uh, Measure of a Fan, they're, they're about to enter the third Ooh. season. Yes. So I have, a, I have an invite for an episode in the third season. So I'm looking hey. forward to hopefully. I think it might be North Star is the one I'm gonna do, which I I, I think they're gonna hate, and which is why <laughs> I want to go on it because I really quite like it. <laughs> it it's proper cowboys, yeah. cowboys in space. It's proper cowboys. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I know that uh, Paul, one of our uh, guests from previous episodes, uh, and also my co-host on several other shows, um, he absolutely loves North Star, uh, but he's a big Western fan, so he, he likes Cowboys and things like that. So, um, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll look forward to listening to that when it comes out as well in the future. So all good. Um, and I think that's actually one of the few episodes that we won't be watching back to back when we get to season three really? because it, it it's outside of the the arc isn't it, it is. of the season three arc um there's there's not really much to do with the zindi arc in that episode no. is there it's no it's nothing pretty self-contained yeah, as far really, as i remember yeah. oh okay interesting um cool then right well uh setting up for the next week's episode uh join us next time for chrono date season three episode 42 of the podcast season two episode 16 as we go to future tense Ooh. and uh, um, uh, unlike what you think, it, it does have timey wimeyness in it, but we are still starting at zero minutes and zero seconds. So there is no timey wimeyness at the beginning, but some weird stuff in between. Um, so there we go. This one. Do you remember no, I this don't. one? I, I'm getting confused with. Uh, isn't there one that's set, got a similar title in Voyager? The one when they go back. Uh, you've got past pa- tense in DS9, in DS9, where they go back to 2024, which is yes. all of Picard's stuff, uh, season two. And then you've got um, what's the one when they go back to um, Journey's, Journey's End. End? Is it? Yeah, Journey's Journey's End. I can't remember. I'm terrible. What am I think? I was just there last last you know a hundred years ago. Uh, what is what is the 1996 episode? Yeah, Future's End. Future's End. Future's End. That's I knew, it. Yeah, uh, I was getting yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to watching <laughs> well, this one. I haven't, I don't know. I have no idea on this one. Yeah, fu- Future Tense. Uh, this is one that has stuck in the brain. I do remember bits of this episode. Maybe not word for word, but it's one that has stuck with okay. me. But again, it's time travel, so yeah, it's going to stick in my brain yeah. a little bit more. Exactly. That's maybe why I forgot about Ceasefire. Yes. Maybe. 
Um, well, that's it. So, uh, as always, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you in the next time stream. We will indeed. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trick Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at rider underscore coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream. There we go. All good. Yeah, Future Tense is going to be fun. Um, there is the one where they they find a body inside a, a pod, an escape pod. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then in hilarity ensues. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's a very weird one. It, it I don't know how I feel about it. Like I remember yeah. it, but I remembered it fondly back then. And then watching it again, I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. It's carrying on, carrying on, carrying on. Um, it's it's another one where it just feels like it, it goes through the hoops, but it doesn't quite mm. pack a punch for me. But there we go. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm.